I don't know how long I should keep it going. A little bit longer. This yeah. is in Parenting Radio, but some people might not know what this is. Prince. All right. Good. We, we kind of want to play the whole song, but I think we get in trouble and we're not going to. I think that's just... Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, so you must be able to hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. I think that Raspberry Beret is one of the best Prince songs. I agree, but let me first introduce the show. Okay. This is N Parenting Radio, podcast number 303. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. Who doesn't want to feel outstanding? I and do. I always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, um, we're going to talk a little bit about Prince. A little. Um, what's your newspaper article? We're going to do a spring cleaning of the mind. Spring cleaning of the mind. Um... And a few other fun little jazzy things. Oh, yikes. And, but first, let's talk about Prince. Um, I was a fan. I wasn't a huge fan. Mm -hmm. You were a much bigger fan. Mm -hmm. But I'm a little surprised um, the, the amount of response from these. I mean, I know he was a big deal. I know it. I know he was as, almost as talented as Michael Jackson, or probably more talented. I don't know. Talented in a in a comparable yeah, way. Yeah, we like, don't have I to mean, say who's the, better. He's like an icon. Yes, yes, I understand that. But it's been like six days, and you still can't get on Facebook without seeing. It's as if he just died yesterday. I know. I mean, it has legs. Uh, well, and that's grief. I mean, you don't always know how you feel the day after. You don't always know how you feel two days after. There's probably going to be five months from now people posting things about Prince. So it's grief. you texted me and you said uh, Prince died and then you gave me the frowny face. Yeah. And then I, I'm like, oh my gosh, so I went to CNN.com and there it was. Uh -huh. Like I just wanted to confirm it or, you know, you hear all these rumors. Right. And I, I felt empty. Oh, I did. And I, like I said, I'm not a huge fan, but I had really no response. And at the risk of jumping into kind of Todd's brain or being <laughs> in the beginning of the show, um, I don't know how I came across this word, but there's a word called alexithemia, mm -hmm. and I don't even think it's in the DSM four. So this is off of uh, Wikipedia. It's a personality construct characterized by subclinical inability to identify and describe emotions in the self. Um, it's marked uh, dysfunction in emotional awareness, social attachment, and interpersonal re relating. I feel like this is a good example of not this word because I'm more than a word, but nothing, empty. Okay. Did you read what I wrote on Facebook? Yes. Okay. So... It, for those of you who did not, I posted something on Facebook. I think it was on Friday or Saturday. I can't remember. Um, but you can go there. And I, I wrote something about how I feel about him dying. Yeah. And what it's about is that be when I heard that he died, and what did I say to you? Because we ended up on the phone. And I s felt sad for my 13-year-old girl yeah. that lives inside of me, not my daughter. Yeah. But you don't have a childhood relationship with Prince. True. You you did not even see Purple Rain until I made you watch it a couple years ago. Right. I saw Purple Rain a thousand and one times. Yeah. That album is the theme of my middle school years. Yeah. And I'm not the only one. Um, the the music, you know, his his music went into high school and into college and 
it created, as people would say, a soundtrack to my life. Prince was not the soundtrack to your life. Correct. So the reason you're not sad is because you're not going back in time and going, oh my gosh. True, sweetie. But I can give you many examples where the normal human being should be sad. And I'm not going to say the story, but you told me a terrifyingly sad story about a friend of yours from DeKalb. Okay. What happened to their child. Oh, yes. About six months ago, yes. About six months ago. And this child passed away in a horrific fashion. And once again, like you were like, you lost it, you're crying, you're just like, not wailing, but you're right. so, so sad. Right. Because you saw it on Facebook or something. Yeah, I think I read about it. Yeah. And once again, I was I was so happy to support you in your grief. Right. And I didn't know this person, but you didn't really know this. It was just No, whatever. it was kind of a friend of a friend of yeah. a friend. Yeah. So anyways, I am just, and I'm just reading this on Wikipedia. Alexithemia is prevalent in 10% of the general population. And it's, this is another definition, have difficulty in distinguishing, appreciating the emotion of others, which is thought to lead, which is thought to lead to unempathic and ineffective emotional response. And that's the thing is you and I have had this discussion with Dr. Raleigh. We had this discussion, our podcast last Friday, for those of you who listen, you are, I understand why you're like, okay, there's, there's something about finding that word that makes you feel normalized. Like, oh my gosh, there's other people who feel it. But I do not believe, and I'm, and I will speak as a therapist that this word describes you no because you are highly empathetic you are highly connected to other people you are highly aware of how other people are feeling the thing that you struggle with is you wish you had stronger responses yes to experiences and the and the reason you don't is because you when you were young and as you were growing up set up some protections so you didn't get constantly disappointed yep and those protections are no longer needed in this space and time. They no longer serve me. They no longer serve you, but you it takes time for those walls to come down. And you I have had people say to me that they've been listening to this show since day one, mm. like from five or six years ago, and how different you are mm. now. Little evolution. That they're like, he's not the logical practical guy. He talks just like you do. Right. So there are people who are like, okay, I've seen this, you know, we don't listen to those old, old shows. So you kind of forget how you used to talk and think. But of course we've changed and yes. of course we've evolved. So. My point is, is I have no, I, I'm just like you. I love to be normalized. I love words. I love things that, that give me a sense of, okay, I can, I can talk about this, but you are none of those things. Yeah. You are very empathetic. Sometimes Todd will CC me on an email that he sends to somebody, maybe someone who's struggling or having a hard time. And he writes these like beautiful things to them. And I'll like write back to him and say, oh, yes, I'm Todd. I have no empathy. I have, you know, I don't feel anything. You know, just being kind of I know, smart, you're, Alec. Yeah. And you did that last week. And I, I appreciate that. And it's just one of those things, though. I can write a great email empathizing with somebody's situation. But when it comes to emotional uh, outburst, what's whatever word? Um Emotional expression. Expression. Right. It's just... It's practice. You know, last night, Todd and I were having a talk about our different way that we view anything business. And I I really like really organic, natural, slow, word of mouth, um, uh, just a much more natural way. They were talking about Zen Parenting Radio and how you want this to organically grow in addition to everything else we're doing. And I'm like, no, let's make a business plan and come up with goals and figure out how are the objectives to meet those goals. And And that makes me want to like scream and run out the door. So Todd and I were talking about how 
one of the things that uh, I love to hold in when I'm in quiet or meditating is this little turtle that I don't even know where it came from. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Somebody gave me a little turtle. And I consider it turtle energy, like patience, yeah. calm, slow and steady wins the race. Where are we going? What are we in a hurry? You know, let's find out. You know, we actually got big news last week that we are in the top 10 podcasts now. We used to be like in the 200s and the 100s and then the 50s and the 30s. And now we're like number eight or nine. And it happens slowly over time, and it's been wonderful. So what's the hurry? Like, does life change when we get to five? It doesn't. You know what I mean? Yep. Turtle energy. Um, Real quick about Prince. Yeah. Uh, You just told me that he had no will. Yeah. So he's got no kids. He's got a sister, and he's like worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So if nothing else, I'm always trying to pull lessons out of any situation. If you don't have a will or living trust or whatever it is, Get one. I mean, this guy was a healthy 57. I mean, we still don't know how he yeah, died. Yeah, we don't know. But regardless, if you are if you have anybody that is dependent upon you, just make sure you have it. We actually did that last year, didn't we? Yeah, my good friend Edward Glavinskis, who yeah. does that for a living. So yeah. if you want his information, shoot me an email and I'll refer him to you because he's really good at what he does. We used to use the Zoom. What did we use? Zoom? Uh, Zoom. Yeah, Zoomering. Uh, what is that called? Yeah. Uh, Zoom.com? No, no. no. LegalZoom. LegalZoom. We had just like kind of a random printed out (laughs) document. We did the official living trust and did all that stuff. We did that last year. Edward's your guy. So if you're interested, uh, let me know. So I hope because you're – oftentimes you wrap things up when you you don't want to talk about it anymore. I hope you're feeling complimented and not feeling like you are missing something. Because if you – if I texted you and said – Connor Oberst passed away or mm. Billy Corgan passed away, you would have a response. Yeah. Well, and the one thing I said to you is that like I the the example I gave is when my when Frank Sinatra died. Yes. My mom was devastated. Yes. And it's not it's not just that that person has passed away. It's you to your point, you were a 13-year-old yes. kid. You think of being in your room listening to Purple Rain. It's not just the event of their death. It is it, it rehashes all the memories that you've had. And my mom, you know, she probably thinks of good times with my dad listening to Frank Sinatra when their marriage was happy. Correct. You know, and then when he dies, it's like that, that like closes off a part of you. When, when someone like that passes away, a, iconic person, someone in your family, it takes you back in time and you are forced to look at what was and then you're forced to look at what is. Yeah. And you that that's kind of what I wrote about is how sometimes how shocking present time can be. Mm-hmm. Because this, when I got the text from Andrea that he had died, I was with my parents who are in their mid seventies, and I'm forty four, and I'm sitting there with them in their you know their new place that they're living, and it just was a shocking. Yeah. You know, my parents were like the age I am now when yeah. I was loving Prince. It's just a it's present time is shocking. So, quick personal story from the weekend yes. that I'm going to share okay. regarding sa- our Saturday. Okay. Uh, but before they do that, our first partner is Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic. Um, her website is chirotree.com. She's in here in Elmhurst, and she does adjustments for people all over the Chicagoland area. So give her a call at 630-941-8733. I decided to bite the bullet or with your permission. <laughs> well, not permission, together. together. Together, we decided that we were going to spend a lot of money and go to the Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> playoff game. It's awesome. So I got on this website called SeatGeek, 
which is a, like a stub hub, but it's a broker. So it like, it has a bunch of stub hubs within the one app. Okay. So I found some tickets and they were expensive, like really expensive. For Todd, it was quite, I mean, when he says, because really, first it was he didn't be need you my permission. I, first it was going to be you and I. Right. And, and I I'm was like, on board. And because I am so cheap. <laughs> I, whenever anybody calls themselves frugal, they're just being politically correct. I'm not frugal. I'm cheap. Yeah. And I'm so conscious of money. Um, I don't, we don't do these kind of random, like we don't take the kids to Hawaii. We go to Nashville though. We drive to Nashville instead of fly to Hawaii. Right. Because flying to Hawaii would be like eight grand or whatever. Yet there is, you know, and again, just to talk privilege for a second, it's pretty amazing that we get to go to Nashville. Go to Nashville. Right? Absolutely. Because your vacation used to go to the Holodome. Right. We used to go to Janesville, Wisconsin <laughs> yeah. and swim in the pool. Think how much better vac- we give our vacations. <laughs> at, you know, I should say we... The vacations that I received when I was younger and the vacations that these kids get, yes. it's a lot better. That's what I mean, is right. that we got to keep it in context, which I know you yeah, do. Yeah, there's a plenty. Maybe there's people out there that don't get a that vacation. That they don't get so to do it at all. I, yeah. So it's unfair for me to speak on your behalf. I'm yeah. just speaking on my own. Correct. But it's really kind of, is it safe to say that it's out of character because these tickets were almost 200 bucks a piece and yes. we did six tickets? Oh, it was huge. So not only was it Todd and I, he said, we got to bring the girls because for some reason our girls are huge Blackhawks fans. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that occurred. Well, and I've been promising JC to go to Blackhawks game and I told him that we'd go to a Bears game and I'm just always like, oh, it's so expensive, so expensive. So my line of thinking was, by the way, we're recording this on Monday. So game seven is tonight. So by the time you're listening, we will I'm know. either going to be really happy or really sad. <laughs> Um, but, uh, we, I, I never bite the bullet and make these big things. And the energy of the United Center, as you experienced Saturday is, was quite, was quite crazy. Right. And good. Right. So I'm like, screw it. Let's do it. And we, um, you invited your sister. Invited my sister. So six of us, uh, get there, give the guy our ticket. And they're like, "Eh, sorry, (laughs) not getting in here. Well, now here's something interesting because I'm going to let you tell the majority of the story, but we, they scanned our ticket, gave us our red towel. And then she's like, well, wait a second. And then she called over another person. And this woman said, I'm going to get you where you need to go to get help. So in a way they didn't just kick us out. They didn't kick us out. They said, you have to go to the ticket office. So we bought this off a third party. And the third party that issued us these tickets issued it to us for the wrong date. They issued it to us as if the Hawks had already won the series and it's the first home game of the next series. Correct. So I was very, very upset. And uh, so, but the lady at the ticket counter was nice. So while- She couldn't be nicer, really. She couldn't have been nicer. So while um, I was upset and kind of figuring out what's going on, I was checking my email, making sure I didn't screw something up. Who walks up to us? Uh, Robin Ventura. I'm a White Sox fan, <laughs> and I used to have a poster, a framed poster of Robin Ventura. He used to be a third baseman. Is it Ventura the, or Ventura? Either one. Okay, good. Um, he used to. Be, he was one of my favorite players of all time, and now he's the manager. And he of the just, White Sox. Of the White Sox. And I know everything about the guy. I know he went to school. I know, I mean, I just, I loved him. So... Within the midst of my chaos, I'm like, oh my God, there's Robin Ventura. <laughs> and when, when Todd says he walked right up, we were at Will Call and there was really nobody else there. And he walked in. We were at the premium door. Yeah. And so it's like anybody who had premium seats. So he walked in, stood right next to us, and Todd said to him... I said, nice game today. Nice game. Because we were listening to the game on the front porch and they won an extra innings. And he said, thank you. And I said, I actually used to have a, a framed picture of you in my room. He's like, oh, Great. And then I wasn't going to mess with them. And you're like, oh, you got to get well, a picture. Well, I turned around and I was just really proud of myself that I recognized him because he had on glasses and a hat. 
And I he was a little incognito. He was incognito, and Todd because Todd was talking to him. I kind of I was like, "Oh, Robin, hi!" Mm. And I said, "Todd, you got to get a picture." I didn't give you a choice. I said, "Todd's got to get a picture with you. He's such a fan." And I asked, and he was so much more than kind. Oh my gosh, he just was like great. He's like a gentle soul. Yeah, and he was he in a good is mood. A gentle soul. Yeah, and he was in a really good mood because he had won, and the Sox are over. They're over their skis. They're playing much better than anybody thought they were. So, yeah. and he was about to go into Blackhawks game. So, anyways. Uh, long story short, so then we couldn't get into the game. Right. So I said, and JC's, the face on JC, oh, her face All of was our kids were like, what? Devastated. And because the company screwed up and the ticket lady said she had no more tickets. So we were going to leave. And then my sister yeah. walked over to the ticket booth one more time and said, listen, we have three kids. What can you do? What can you do? And she magically found four seats and two standing room only. Yeah. And once again- by the grace of God, the four seats were not the regular seats where there's like these big armrests. They were folding chairs. So our six butts can actually fit into these four seats. Folding chairs in the second row. Yeah, second so, row of the first- uh, 300 level. 300 level. Mm-hmm. So the tickets themselves were so much better than the tickets we would have gotten. Yep. And they were, by the way, a lot cheaper. So I ended up paying the money. So we threw out another $700 worth of tickets. Yeah. Um presuming and hoping I'd get my money back. And by the way, I did get my money back from that company. But it's just one of those things like you think that everything is just falling to the wayside and then the and then the Blackhawks played this amazing game and they won they were down three to one. They won six to three. And it was just a, a I'll always remember that day. Me too. Well, and like Todd said, there were there were folding seats, which means because we had three kids, all six of us could sit on those folding seats. So no one had to do standing. Nobody room stood only. up. And the people in front of us were so nice. And the guy next to us was well, he was kind of not happy about the game initially. Um, but he ended up giving us a t shirt he caught. I mean, we were just in like heaven, right outside the door, like all you had to do is go around this barrier, and that was where all the food mm-hmm. and the bathroom. So for kids, it was perfect. It was honestly so wonderful. And when they said our tickets didn't work, at first we were just like, okay, well, we'll go watch, we'll go watch somewhere else. But didn't you feel in your gut that it was going to be fine? I I, was like, there is no way they're going to let us leave with these three kids disappointed. I had a pretty, no, I mean, there was part of me that like, we'll figure something out. I thought so, yeah. Um, I asked Skylar what her favorite part of the game was and she said the ice cream. Of course. Um, but no, it was pretty amazing. And then Kathy's like, well, we got to do this again. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> you know, it's hard enough for me to do this once from a financial right. management I understand. standpoint. And I feel blessed that we got to do the one. I, yeah. I, I kind of meant it more like, um, you know, I was just talking to a group of women on uh, last week. I did a talk in Chicago and we were talking about how sometimes we feel offended by our kids because we'll do something like talk about trips. We'll go to Disney World and we'll pay all this money to get there and go there. And we've created this big idea in our mind that our kids are going to love it. And sometimes there's maybe one of the kids who doesn't. Yeah. And they're like, I want to go home and I want to go to the hotel and I'm not having fun. And we get offended and we say, how dare you oh, not have fun? Yeah, we've done podcasts on that where we, I was getting mad at JC because she did not want to do Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. And I said, we did not come to Florida for you not to get on Pirates of the Caribbean. And who the heck are you to tell her? And, I, and Todd's already worked through this, so I'm saying it this way. You know, who are we to tell our kids what's fun? What we did is we created an idea in our mind and expectations that everybody was going to be so glad that mom and dad did this and we were going to be the heroes. Did we ever ask them Mm -hmm. if they, you know, it's like in our family, we have this place called Great America. Many of you guys may have it. Six Flags. Six Flags. Uh, Oh, it's not called Great America anymore. It's called Six Flags Great America. Oh, okay. Well, and Todd 
and I actually like it too. I just, when I'm with the girls, I don't usually get to go on the rides like you do. But you and JC love it. My middle daughter does not love it. Yeah, and my youngest it. daughter is kind of like in that in-between place where she's so young. Yeah. So for us to be like, we're going to Great America today and everybody better have a good time, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm bringing that up is because this was one experience that every single person yeah. in our family was on the same page. Yeah. Everybody had a ball. Yeah. And I, instead of saying it should be like this all the time, don't do that to yourself. Instead, I am going to remember this. Yeah, appreciate it appreciate when you it. happen to get it. Because yes. to get five people moving in the same direction and being joyful at the same time. And your sister yeah. was, had a ball. Yeah. And we it just, it was wonderful. Um, so the reason I wanted to bring that up is last night we had a conversation about how the, it's an old Wayne Dyer quote, and maybe he got it from Rumi probably, and it is the universe is conspiring to help you. Right, always. And even though that this, whatever, this problem of the tickets not working, the universe conspired to help us. Right. Robin Ventura showed up, <laughs> the lady at the ticket counter magically found six extra tickets, I got my money back, the Hawks won, like... It was great. And that doesn't mean that it's it always, always going to be that way. Because yeah. I gave you an example of something that was terribly um, grief stricken for me when my mom passed away. Like the universe didn't conspire to help me in that moment. And then you said. Right. Because that's, Todd's too literal about these situations. The, the universe always had his back because we were able to be in the hospital room with his mom. She lived with us um, before she ended up in the hospital for a couple days. So he got a lot of good time with her. He was supposed to be away that weekend for a trip and our rabbit happened to pass away. Yeah, the away. rabbit died, to, so which brought to me home. home. So I spent an extra weekend with my mom that I otherwise never would have. So it's really the way you look at it. Mm-hmm. It's not about if something bad happens, Robin Ventura is going to show up. It's yeah. not always that literal. Well, and it doesn't remove bad things from happening. No. It's what lens are you going to look what through lens, it. Yes. And the lens that um, what you're explaining is, you know, you could even go as far as like, you know, we all have been um, uh, directly or indirectly affected by cancer. And my mom's, my mom <laughs> died. We got the diagnosis on a Friday and she died on Saturday. Unbelievable. Talk about, you know, sad, but at the same time, we all know what cancer can look like over the long term. Well, and she had told us um, that because she had taken care of so many people, including her husband, um, Todd's stepdad, Rich, who had cancer, she knew how it looked and yeah. how it went down and how it could get ugly. And she had said to all of us, I'm not doing that. And she somehow, through some higher power, just yeah. decided that she wasn't doing that. And she was in the hospital for four days and she transitioned to the next place. And that was all her thing. That was that was her. But what I want to say, going back to the universe is conspiring to help you, is I really think that there are some people who can be too literal about it. And what they're really doing is, again, creating an expectation in their head mm-hmm. of it should look this way. That's brain work. Sometimes something happens and 10 years later, right. you see why. Right. It's not always about that if this happens, don't worry, tomorrow you're going to understand it. I still look back on childhood, on five years ago, on 10 years ago, whatever, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so interesting how things work through. But in the moment, you can't always see it. Mm -hmm. So, but do, you know, what's the Einstein quote that the most important question that we have to ask ourselves is do we believe the universe is on our side or not? Mm -hmm. And if the answer to the question is yes, then you will see things differently. Yep. True that. Okay. Um, before we get into the guts of uh, the thing, our second partner is John J. Kelly Dentistry. 
He uh, has he does all these th- wonderful things for ourselves and our daughters. His website is chicagodentistonline.com. I'm actually going to be there this afternoon. You are. The girls are so looking forward to going <laughs> to the dentist. So um, check out John J. Kelly Dentistry. Well, their their joy of their only reason they don't like it is because they love John. Yeah, I mean, their John is comes to our house sometimes to as we've said. He to does help. house calls. <laughs> he does with house that calls. black bag. They love him. It's just they want to come home and not do anything. Yeah, and like they want their afternoon yeah. after a long day of school. Yeah. Um, but real quick. Yeah. Um, one of our good friends of the podcast, Carolyn Rogers. Yes. Um, we had um, our daughter's place lacrosse. So we are spending some time with her at the lacrosse games. And she said something that was really interesting to me. We've had sports experts on the show. John O'Salva was at our Zen Parenting Conference. We've had him on the show. And she explained what her family philosophy is on travel sports. Right. And I thought it was really interesting. And these were her two rules. If your son or daughter wants to do travel sports, two things need to happen. One is she needs to basically see you playing in the backyard by yourself without any coaching, like show a love for the sport without being, you know, pushed to go do anything. Is is your joy of the sport evident? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is that you need to, you really need to want it. You need to beg mom, dad, I want to do this travel sport. The reason why I think that that is, has a lot of wisdom is because I think a lot of us as parents tend to feel better about ourselves if our kid isn't on the recreational league. Instead, we'll feel better about ourselves if they're in the travel league. Mm -hmm. And um, the way that the Rogers do this, and this is the way I hope we subscribe, is if any of our daughters ever get in any sports where there's a possibility to travel, it's really important that they show us a love for the sport and that they really, really want to do it. Because when you do travel sports, it's not that person's decision. It's a family decision because some of these travel things, like they go to different states. Right. It affects the entire dynamics of the family. Correct. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't have your kid do travel sports, but you got to make sure that it's the right fit. Right. Because, you know, if you have two kids doing two travel sports, forget about any free time, you're done. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I think the reason, you know, a lot of people say to Kathy and I like, you guys are just so easy and you guys get along so well and things come so easily to you. No, they don't. And I will say there's part of, obviously we work. Right. But we create space. Yes. Oh, I see what you're saying. We have space. I see what you're saying. Our daughter plays across recreationally. Right. My, our middle daughter has no interest in any sports whatsoever. But I mean, she, she does has all sorts. She of has other things. interests. Yeah. She goes and she's got her Katniss bow and arrow, and she goes in the backyard she's all in the band, time. She does art club. She does stuff that's more connected to the earth. Right, and uh, so I don't know. I I, th- I think a lot of us parents blindly sign us up, sign our kids up for as much as they want without any regard to our own needs as Mm -hmm. a mom and a dad. Or as a family unit. Or as a family unit, either one. And we just think, well, the kid wants to do it. I have to do it. No, you don't. Right. Because there's always other options. Now there's a lot of social pressure and a lot of times the kids will be close to other kids who are doing it. And so they want it for socialization reasons. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. We don't need to shame our kid for wanting that. But what they need to understand is that this does become a family decision. If they really are going to do this, they have to have an understanding of how that affects everybody. And really, isn't that a good metaphor for life? When you make choices, you have to understand how this is everyone will be impacted by your choice. 
place. Right. And and then you go from there. It, there's no right or wrong, good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's just backing up from it for a second and saying, is this what our family can do? Oh, my gosh. Sorry. That's the loudest one. It like goes so loud in my ear. That's a, That's so much better. Thank you. That requires me to push the button, though, sweetie. Yeah. Do you know when I was a freshman in college and I lived in GK? You know GK? Good wooden Kirk. Yes. Of course. Um, That that I live, my window was right next to where the garbage would be picked up. And so every morning, or maybe it was every other morning. I remember that. Oh, my gosh. I think that happened. Yeah. I I would hear that sound and it would wake up (laughs) Andrea and I, and we had a joke about it. You know, kind of like, garbage truck. (laughs) Garbage truck is here. Um, But anyway... I agree with you, and I think Carolyn does have a lot of wisdom and that they make choices based on what's best for the family. Yes. Yeah. Really. And, and you know, I, I, you know, I just think that we have a lot to learn from each other. We sure do. And Carolyn and Kevin, the husband and the wife, you know, they listen to the show and they're big fans of ours, but, you know, we can all learn from each other's parenting styles. We sure. Well, we, Todd and I watch, you know, it's yeah. like you pull something from everybody. Like, you know, like it's not about, I want to be like this person or I want to do what you do. It's like, Ooh, that's a good tip. Or, yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. I never thought of that. Or, Ooh, I like that. That's how I view everybody. Like, you know, if you go out in the world and you're open-minded and you know that everybody has something to teach you, you are in a world of teachers. Yeah. Instead of like, this is the only thing I'll do and stay closed-minded, you're like, oh, that's interesting. Take what works and discard what doesn't. Exactly. Um, and one quick event, you're going to be somewhere Thursday night and you wanted me to remind you. Where am I going to be? Light the dark. Oh, light the darkness. Light the darkness. Yes. So my friend Jessica does, um, she kind of, not hosts, what's the right word? She helps organize um, this big event for NAMI, which is the National Association of Mental Illness. Um, And they put on a walk that we go to every year. Todd and I support the organization as well. Um, And this Friday night is the dinner. And they are Thursday night. Thursday night, excuse me. Do you have the speakers there? April twenty eighth. I can try to pull it up. Well, they always have wonderful speakers. Um, you know, I just a few historically speaking, like Tom Dart spoke one year. He might even be there this year again. But he helps with the police officers getting trained mm-hmm. um, around mental illness understanding. Well, yeah, we wanted to have that guy on our we show. We did. I know. He's oh, so good. We got to get him. And why is that important? Because a lot of times when 911 is being called because someone is erratic or something chaotic is going on, the person is not necessarily a violent offender. They might be mentally ill. There might be a psychotic break. There might be an episode of some kind. And police officers need to understand that and be trained accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, not everything is about force and violence. And yeah. um, that is, unfortunately, Unfortunately, there's been a lot of funding taken away from that kind of training. So Tom Dart is a real advocate for NAMI. Well, and we have supported this for a few years. If anybody, you know, we've all been affected by mental illness. Of course. Every single one of us. Every single person. Um, And the key, the reason what NAMI's biggest goal is, is to remove the stigma. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Why is this any different than anything else? And when we pretend it doesn't exist or everybody pretends that they don't deal with their own issues... Um, 
then it becomes this secret and it becomes dark and it becomes shadowy. If you've dealt with depression, talk about it. Well, if you've dealt with anxiety, talk about and it. And the stigma is what you're talking about. Like if you're diabetic, nobody's no. like shunning it. No. But there's something weird about mental illness and it's just another form of disease. It is. But you know what, Todd? Just because you and I have this conversation a lot, even you struggle with, you know, you're like if someone needed, uh, you know, for diabetes, if they needed their insulin, yeah. you wouldn't think a thing. You right. know, my dad's diabetic. He yeah. has to do insulin all the time. But you still do struggle with mental illness, with, with drugs that are uh, um, I do. prescribed for people who have Right, because issues. I think in my very non-medical understanding, I think that certain people, especially kids, get over-diagnosed and... Over-medicated. Over-medicated. And, and at the same time, can you... And I know you know this, so I'm not really asking you. I'm saying this for everybody else. But within that, there is a space yeah. where people absolutely need these drugs to survive. Yeah. That there are people that literally have psychotic breaks and and lose their sense of reality or people who their bipolar episodes are so extreme that they can't function or show up or you know the the depression is so deep that they feel suicidal yeah and so suicidal did i say that right yeah so those medications are lifesavers and i know you know that mm. because so you know. if you have been affected or you just want to support um it's namichicago.org n-a-m-i chicago.org i'm sure they have a donate button on there so right but you'll be there i will be there oh and then one other event july 9th we're having a uh pool party right yeah yeah we're but we're... Is, isn't our that's not like for well you know <laughs> I, we can share that as like, oh, isn't that interesting? But we're not inviting all the time. Let's of people. invite everybody. <laughs> we're not pool party. We're not July nine. It's gonna be fun. Sorry, I, I, not that I don't want all of you there, but <laughs> not. <laughs> I don't think everybody will fit. Sweetie, we we market everything, and half the Do time. We? Half the time, nobody shows up. Oh, this is true. This so is true. So are you really worried that we're going to get this <laughs> influx? Like we we put on these really special events like your our series at uh, the Let's 710 Get Real, Lanes. Yeah, those just kind of fizzled out. They people fizzled decided out. to stop coming. So I guess I'm not too worried about people Maybe flying it'll be in like from Denver. in Caddyshack where there's just a few people at the pool and then all of a sudden everybody shows and up. And ZPR shows up. And then everybody starts jumping in and then there's a... Baby Ruth. So if you're local, um, July 9th, Zen Parenting Radio Pool Party, it's time to celebrate conscious self-aware parenting. And swimming. And swimming. Did you hear me say that there was a Baby Ruth? Baby Ruth? What movie is that from? I don't know. Oh, it's from Goonies. You are talking about Caddyshack. I am. Sometimes I say things and you just jump right over it. Sorry, but everybody knows about the Baby Ruth. Not everybody does. It's no big deal. (laughs) Remember when he says that? Yeah, and then he eats it. And then he it. eats it. It actually looks pretty good. Baby Ruths are good. <laughs> I like the way he's holding it. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, it's like a he's got like a <laughs> stogie or cigar or something like that. No big deal. It's no big deal. So if you are from the area and you want to go swimming, because we're going to play music, it's going to be fun. Okay. Um, last but not least... What's our deal today? Okay. So it's, well, this was actually the core of the show, are we really last but not least. We're going to talk about spring cleaning your mind. And uh, obviously we're going to go a little quicker than I thought. But so in the Chicago Tribune, because we are in Chicago, there's a life and style section as most newspapers have. On Sunday, it's the only paper we get is Sunday paper mm-hmm. because it takes a while to go through. But the... Um, the top story was called Decluttering Your Mind and, you know, a spring cleaning of your mind. And I didn't really read it deeply. I just thought, oh, this is 
good stuff for More you and resources. I to talk about. Yeah, um, and it's written by Jeanette uh, Bessinger, who it writes for the Washington Post, but it was, like I said, in our Chicago Tribune. So without further ado, the first thing, there's 10 things listed. The first thing is mind your own business. MYB. Mind your own business, which I thought was interesting because I made a choice recently to not mind my own business and I'm still okay with it, but sometimes life is easier if you just mind your own business. Safer. It can be safer. And that's, it's funny because you and I talk about that a lot, about when, when there's something going on with, you know, someone you care about or someone that you know, when and if do you get involved? And I usually, to you, say don't. Yeah. I would, wouldn't you say that 90% of the time I'm like, don't. Well, yeah, yeah. Unless they open the door yep. and say, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think? Am I doing this right? Right. The door. I can use some support, whatever it is. Exactly. Because then it's almost like an energetic flow where they, they open the door to you rather than I'm just going to get involved. But this mind your own business, um, she actually refers to Byron Katie um, because Byron Katie always says, before stressing out about something, you should always ask yourself, Whose business it is? Is it yours? Is it mine? Or is it God's? Hmm. If it's not your business, why are you in it? But what about like, that's if it's not immediate family, but like, let's say there's something that you're doing. Let's say I'm doing something wrong and you see I'm doing something wrong. Right. It's your business to help me out, because right? Because if it involves me or I'm being affected, it you, right. right, then it is my business because yeah. my my life is being you know, affected. But I'm always curious, and again, this could talk about, we could go so many directions with this one, but sometimes online when people post something and it's somewhat benign or it's just, they're just sharing something and then people jump on and they're like, this is ridiculous and... I feel like people like take their own crap and throw it on other people and it really has nothing to do with them. Yep. I'm always curious, like, why do you feel the need to get involved? But again, I do understand because we all have that need. Yep. We're all like, my voice will make a difference here. And it doesn't mm. always. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. But I am always, I feel like that's something for the rest of our lives we're always trying to figure out is there's no black and white answer. Sometimes you do get involved in someone in other business and sometimes you make a choice to back away. As I get older, I back away a lot more. GK. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no. Number two? Yeah. Let go of the need to be right. What do you think of that? Say it again. Let go of the need to be right. You're going to play Let It Go. I was just arguing with JC on Saturday about? because we were arguing about something stupid. We're getting out of the car. Oh, yes. At the fields. Yes, I was there. Yeah. And, and you were both like 12. Yeah, I She's was 12. She's 13, so I'm making I her said, young. I need to be right. I said that to you. What was that about? It was like- it's about what something said, yeah. somebody said. It really had literally zero consequence. You know what? In On the way home from her game, everyone was having an argument about something. Except me. Me and you were all good. And I had to turn around and go, everybody- Breathe, because no one was right and no one was and wrong. And usually, when you pull the everybody breathes, everybody stops. Everybody breathes. Yeah, except but... middle one <laughs> wanted to be heard. She wanted to be right. When I got home, I um because I really had to be like, please you stop got, talking. You got the ruler out. I did not get oh. the ruler out, but she ended up 
kind of laying down because oh, she, she felt like crap. she felt small. Yeah. And so when we got home and she you know, started on her project again, I said, I know that wasn't all about you. I know you were not. I know you were just trying to defend yourself. I know you were trying to be heard. And I know it was not your fault. But there comes a point when we all have to just take a deep breath and let go. This is why you're a better parent than I am. Because she felt bad, because she should have felt bad, because she was being completely disrespectful to you and I and the rest of her sisters in the car. And she was uncomfortable and I knew it. And I wanted her to sit in that discomfort. Well, she did in the car. I know she did. And then, but I didn't have a follow-up discussion with her. Well. You did. And again, it's all about just that understanding of what's disrespect. I didn't feel disrespected. I just felt like she could not. She was not listening at all. She couldn't stop. She could not stop. kids... Have a difficult time stopping when you, meaning that they're like, you don't hear me. You don't hear me. And I kept saying, I do hear you. But you know, when your older sister is snickering, it it just provokes you even more. So it was, I didn't feel disrespected as much as I was like, I needed everyone to be quiet because my ears were going to explode. Not in my ear. Not in my ear. Okay. Next one. Number three. Hold on. Oh. Stop blaming, shaming, and complaining. Right? If we could all do that, the world would be a better place. Toxic habits. You think you can control things. So you talk about them, talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. And you think it should be a certain way and you have expectations. So you talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. And sometimes you just have to stop. I mean, it's kind of similar to number two. You have to... um not get involved. You have to decide that you would rather focus on something else. You have to decide that you are not going to take whatever discomfort you have and complain and put it on other people. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we do. Visualize this, you guys. Visualize your complaints like a big bag, like an old school bag from the supermarket. You know, when they used to like just have a brown bag and no handle. And you're just carrying it around and you're complaining and you're complaining. And then you get you're with somebody and you just hand your bag over to them. You're mm-hmm. like, you carry this now. Complain, complain, complain. And then that person, you know, it, it's like, it's okay to be able to voice your concerns and your fears and all that. Todd gets an earful from me all the time. But part of the, part of our deal, my deal here, is that he and I- This is my deal here. This is my deal here. He and I can do that and talk to each other so we can let it go and not go out in the world doing that to everybody else. Right. I don't want... Well, to. you're complaining to somebody who's safe. Yes. You're releasing and it you, to safety. And you know that even though I'm saying these things, that doesn't mean who I am. Right. And there's like only... Fears. There's probably less than five people in your life that less. you can do that yes, with. Less. And I'm one of them. You and are. you have some good girlfriends that you can do that with yes. also. But hopefully... And you know, there's probably some husbands or wives out there that their spouse is not that safe person. And you know, that's fine. Sometimes... It's just other people, but you need to find somebody safe to complain to and vent to. Right. And that's the difference is it's venting. You know, that's the difference between gossiping and venting. Yeah, dumping or gossiping or venting. Venting is I need to, because we're human beings, we have feelings about everything. And sometimes we need to release that feeling so we can get back to our natural state. Yes. It's, we, we have no permission to act on it. Meaning just because I'm upset about something doesn't give me permission to call someone up and yell at them. That's behavior. Mm. That's different than a feeling. Mm. Um, but so nice to have someone that knows you well um, that will allow you to kind of release that and let it go. The problem is, is if you're just complaining because it's fun and you don't really want to release it, you just want to moan and groan a lot. Yeah, and right. there's, you know, that happens too. So next one. 
stop trying this to is number four. Yes. Stop trying to please and impress everybody. Yeah. True that. Not everybody is going to approve of you. No. Uh, Tara Moore always talks about unhook yourself from people's praise. If someone gives you praise, there's nothing wrong with taking it in and saying, oh, you know, taking it to your heart and saying that's lovely. But if everything you do is based on getting praise, then you will not. That's living externally. Yeah. You're basically deciding that your value is based on other people's. Extrinsic value. Exactly. Input. Clean up, oh, this is number five, clean up unfinished business. Mm. So she describes this as pick up an unpleasant task you've been putting off for a long time and do it. Author Eckhart Tolle says that which stands in the way is the way because Mm. you'll feel 20 pounds lighter after you get it done. I like that. You know, she quotes Eckhart. Yeah, she did. Uh huh. She quoted him. It's our guy. I know. So I agree with that. Sometimes when it's like, like today, you said you were working on something to get your clients organized. Yeah. Because that keeps getting in the way of your business. I feel disorganized. So I'm downloading some CRM software and it's been bugging me. So I'm going to deal, I'm going to do something about it. And you know what I do? And you probably notice I do this. If I'm going to work in a room or be in a room, I have to clean things up and get them out of the way. Yes. Because when there's clutter around me, I feel cluttered. And and I don't mean I'm a clean freak. I just mean that like if the table is full of like rulers and hats and stupid things, I don't understand why they're there in the first place. I'm always like, why That's is where it goes. Here? It goes on the table, sweetie. But it doesn't. Why is there a brush on the kitchen That's table? That's where it goes. It just doesn't. But anyway. Okay. Number six. Forgive someone. We've done many, many podcasts about forgiveness. Correct. So we're not going to go too deep into it, except to understand that we believe if we forgive someone, we let them off the hook. And really the person we let off the hook is ourselves. That's right. What's the poison one? Um, We believe that um, we um, we believe things. (laughs) We believe things. It's like not forgiving someone is like drinking rat poison or whatever poison. And thinking you're hurting them, but you're the one that's going to die. I didn't do so that well. So eloquently put. <laughs> the reason the reason I didn't say it is because I couldn't do it. So you did better than I would. Well, I, yes, I didn't. I'm obviously not reading it. Um, but that's basically the gist is don't drink the poison. Well, yeah. You think by holding the grudge, you you're, are, hurting them. you're hurting them and you're not. You're not. You're just hurting yourself. Let it go. Don't play let it go. Um, if, I love this one. If you're in the wrong, make it right. That's kind of vague. What is that? Well, when you mess up. You mean, you know, say sorry for things that you screw up at? <coughs> Excuse me. A lot of these things are really interconnected because sometimes when we screw up and we do something wrong, we complain about it and we talk about why the other person shouldn't be upset or why this should have happened or the only reason this went wrong was because of this. And we rationalize our behavior instead of just apologizing for what we did mm-hmm. or instead of at least taking responsibility. And maybe right. it doesn't necessitate an apology, right. but saying like, here's what I was bringing to that situation, right. recognizing our role in it. When you're in the wrong, make it right. Because otherwise you carry around the shame and the guilt and the annoyance and the aggravation. And, you know, often when I'll tell Todd, like this weekend, I had a big, like I had one of my mini breakdowns this weekend. Was that on Friday or is that Saturday? Which one, sweetie? I, that's not funny. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't have that many. Who's I had got one. two thumbs and 
What's the Liz Lemon line? <laughs> Who's got two thumbs, and has- speaks limited French, and hasn't cried once today. <laughs> I say that to Todd all the time because I usually cry at least once a day. Um, it's a 30 Rock reference for those of you who are fans. Um, but I, I think my, but I hadn't had a big one for a while. Uh, no. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, you've been and good. So I had a big cry, I think on Friday or Saturday. And so a lot of it was like, rah, rah, rah. And then when we rediscussed it the next morning, I said, all those things that I was saying, that's coming from inside of me. It's self-worth issues. Yeah. Um, he, you know, it's not Todd who's putting it on me. I'm just, because I have that feeling, everything he says back to me reconfirms my own self-worth issues. Um, and, you know, these are things I've worked on and dealt with my whole life. And sometimes they just kind of pop up. They're like little gremlins. I'm kind of envious that you are able to do that. Well, man, I was exhausted after that. And I got a headache too. Yeah. After that cry, it was a painful one. And then you went to the Hawks game and they won and everything turned fine. Oh my gosh. It was such a great night and right. a very good end to the day. So um, let's go to the next one. Number eight. Hold on. Oh. Let go of perfectionism. Easy, right? It's actually harder for me. It's the as a joke, sweetie, because I'm so perfect. I know because you don't. There's nothing to let go. Yeah, of it's like it works. a daily practice. I'm like always so perfect. It just works for you. Yeah, I just, I enjoy being perfect. <laughs> Is that a crime? Is that a crime? <laughs> I'm being charged for a crime. So, this may be the most toxic mental habit that we have. Again, do you see how these are all interconnected? Yep. This is basically they're all overlapping. When we have when we're dealing with perfectionism, we can't ever get anything done because we're always working on perfecting it. And when we're when we think that we need to be perfect, we can't apologize to people because then we're demonstrating we're wrong. We're wrong. When we need to be perfect, we can't release what we're feeling because then we think people are going to think we're weak. Like it's all interconnected. Embrace your shadow. Amen. Okay, number 9. Let go of self-limiting beliefs. I'm working on that right now. It's a lot of let it, let go. Let it go. Well, we're decluttering the mind, remember? Oh, so we're we'll, spring cleaning. Okay. Sometimes so what's the last one I wasn't paying attention? Let go of self-limiting beliefs. Oh, that means believe that you're good enough to accomplish anything. Anything. And, you know, um, my second book, I have an article in there. Uh, it's called Anything is Possible. And it was about Cameron. My daughter, when she was like three or four, now she's like 12 or no, is she 12? No, she's 11. She's 11. Okay. I got scared there for a second. Woo. Got a year back. Um, she, when she was like three or four, she had this big, she used to say like really crazy, like wise woman things when she was really little where I'd be like, who are you? Um, but she said something about anything, absolutely anything is possible. And then she did this kind of demonstration, the whole crayon thing. Yeah. How line. crayons can fly. It was just so interesting. But I really, she at that time and, and ongoing with like, I really have woken up to those things. Like, why do we think certain things happen to other people and they can't happen to us? Yeah. Why do we think that this person can do this, but we can't? Yeah. It's all about what we believe about ourselves. Well, and this is interesting because, you know, like we just did the um, Zen Parenting Conference and I had an opportunity to speak in front of a group of people yeah. and all that. And, you know, I'm slowly getting the confidence of doing that more and more. But... there's always been a self-limiting belief like, oh, what do I have to share Mm. Um, in front of, you know, obviously I'm comfortable in front of a microphone, but in front of a group of people, as a matter of fact, I just reached out to this men's club thing and that hopefully I'll be able to talk to. But 
when it, the moment that I get propelled to do something that I was scared to do is when somebody younger or less experienced yes. than me yeah. is doing something. That's when I'm like, because if they're at my level or I look up to them in that regard, I'm like, oh, like, well, I'm well, not that good. Yeah. But then I'll like look like I know more than that guy. Right. Or I've been doing this more than that guy. And he's teaching somebody else. He's like, I could do that. And that's when I'm like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to do this. Right, right. And it shouldn't wait for that. No, and th- th- that's the thing is it's not even about, even though I know exactly what you're saying, yeah. but it's not about, oh, I know more than those people. It's about, oh, they're saying that yeah. and they're getting this kind of response. Right. Well, I have some pretty interesting things to say too. So why am I not out there doing right. it? It's not about that I need to be better or that I need to make more money. It's I really want to do this. So why am I not just giving it a go? Yeah. Um. So last one, Todd. Hold on. Hold on. I'm holding. Just kidding. Stop mismanaging your emotions. Mm, what does that one mean? Stop stuffing. That's an onion. Yeah. Well, we're all onions. Um, stop uh, stuffing. Speak for yourself. <laughs> you don't smell like an onion. No, I don't. Do you know what smell I love at the White Sox Park? Oh, yeah. The grilled onions. The grilled onions. You know the worst part about, you know, breaded and fried onion rings? What? The onion. But that I know. breaded and fried part, Ooh. they should just sell breaded fried onion rings without the onion. I bet they do. But then it wouldn't have the onion. doesn't flavor. matter. Because, you know, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, you guys were making fun of me, or at least JC was, because I get a pot belly sandwich and I put hot peppers on it. And then, and then, then I them take off. them off when right. I get home. And everyone's like, why do you do that? And it's because the oil then gets on there, but I don't really want the peppers. You don't want hot mouth. I don't. And man, sometimes they go overboard. But let me say this. Stop. So stop um, mismanaging your emotions. Stop stuffing unpleasant feelings down with too much food or exercise or venting them at other people. Try just feeling your feelings instead. Feel your feelings. Make a little space inside to feel your grief or anger or embarrassment without doing anything about it. Meaning that you can vent or you can journal or you can... but. We, you know, when people are feeling things, they think they have to take action. Mm-hmm. The only action you need to take is figure out how to work through it rather than I need to go out and give that person a piece of my mind. Yeah. That's behavior. And the, the, fe- the best thing we can do is keep our wits, you know? That's right. And it takes practice. You, because a lot of times we think, as, as you said, Todd, is if we don't. Uh, playoffs? Oh, I thought it was practice. Oh, that's just. We're talking about practice. Sorry. I don't like that one. Um, is if we do that, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't raise my hand. You either. didn't raise your hand. See, people people email us and they tell Todd to not do that over me. Sorry. I got to go to Junior Achievement. Oh, is it time? Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That's all right. Okay. That's it, my love. So um, to close out the show, thank you for listening, everybody. Tell a friend, help us organically grow, because right now we're just growing organically. I like organic growth. I know you do. It's from the earth. Close the show. Let's see if this works. All right. There we go. Oh, Prince, thank you for everything. So we'll see you guys next Friday. Have a great week. Lady
Thanks for listening, folks. Hope you felt outstanding. So there's some different ways you can support us. Um, One of them is by asking either Kathy or myself or maybe both of us to speak at your next event. Or you can also tell a friend about our podcast. If you ship Amazon, go through the link on zenparentingradio.com first. It doesn't cost you anything, but Zen Parenting will get a small commission. You can also buy any of Kathy's three amazing books through Amazon or our homepage. And if you're like me and you want to teach your children personal financial management, then use FAMZU. It's an amazing resource. It's a virtual family bank that will set your children on a path towards financial freedom. Click on the link on the lower right-hand side of our homepage to learn more. And if you're a Chicago guy and want to learn more about the tribe, the men's group that I lead, go to thetribemensgroup.com. Do you want to grow your business by partnering with us? Shoot me an email. And you can also give us an iTunes review. Lastly, you can subscribe to our podcast through our homepage or iTunes directly. This will guarantee you're up to speed on the latest and greatest of Zen Parenting Radio. You can always send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com and I'll be happy to get back to you as soon as I can. Finally, we're thankful for all your support and encouragement and always remember that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Keep trucking. Thank you.